my title for today is how do I hear the voice of God? <laughs> so we're going to actually go into that a little bit deeper today because um, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, the word of God, how to be fed, where to be fed, that this isn't the only place where we should get spiritual nourishment. And that's why each and every one of us have to have a intentional, um, uh, 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 intentional regime of, of spending time with God. And, and you can be as creative as you want to be, or you can be as regimented as you want to be in that. The, 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 uh, the object of the game is just to have it regularly, is to be with Jesus and to be in his presence and to interact with his word and grapple with what his word is telling you on a regular, regular basis. And um, <clears throat> we said that our success is literally dependent on that as a church. As a local body, the way we connect you with the Word of God and the way each of our members interact with the Word of God defines and determines literally the influence uh, that we will have around us. And it defines what God can be able to do through us. And so my encouragement to each and every one of us every, every Sunday is to get into the Word of God yourself by yourself and to spend time with the Holy Spirit experiencing his presence while you're reading and learning how to discern his voice. So let's talk about that today, learning how to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It's an incredibly special thing to learn to discern the Holy Spirit's voice. When you start hearing his voice and you start recognizing, oh my God, that is God that I'm hearing right now and he's telling me something. It's like a breakthrough moment in every Christian's life. And I wish for each and every one of you to know how to discern that voice. It makes for a much closer, more intimate, more sure relationship with God. And, and it's something to be pursued and desired and it's something to be trained and, 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 and exercised until you master it because the more you do it the greater and closer a relationship will you'll be able to build with God um, <clears throat> so when we spoke about in the past sermons and so I want to encourage you if you have especially the last two Sundays okay so it's going to take 40 minutes of your time for each Sunday um, we spoke about why it's so important to have personal time in the word of God we also spoke about last week and how important it is to actually have an attitude of obedience toward what I read. It's no point in just reading it and going away and forgetting what it said about you or reading it going away and not doing anything uh, about it, right? And so God wants us to have regular time in His Word and wants us to have an attitude of obedience, but all, both of those things literally lead up to what we're talking about today. So what we're talking about today again is learning how to hear God's voice. And these two aspects, the word of God and an attitude of obedience are fundamental to correctly discerning the word of God. And so really it was building up to today where we're going to speak about hearing God's voice. The facts are if you're not storing scripture in your heart and you're not learning to obey the known general and special revelation of God's word, hearing his voice will be extremely difficult and you might discern it wrong. I said two weeks ago that the Holy Spirit acts upon the word that we've embedded in our hearts. He brings to remembrance and he guides us into the truth. The problem is the Holy Spirit says nothing new. He echoes scripture back to us. And, and when he guides, it's always in the, in, with, embedded in the principle of scripture, in the truth of scripture, even though you might hear something that isn't necessarily verbatim, quote, unquote, scripture. But you're hearing him say something to you and you recognize it because it, it sounds exactly like what you could find in a particular portion of scripture that the Holy Spirit would say to his people. 
And so it's so important that we, that, we, that we place the word of God on the inside of us. Now, we'll all agree when it comes to relationships that communication is key, right? Communication is key. And so it's uh, not like the guy, you know, he asked, his wife asked him if, if he loves her. And he answered indignantly, of course. How can you ask that? And uh, t- she replied, well, well, you never tell me that you love me. And he said, woman... I told you 20 years ago in the church I love you. If something changes, I'll let you know. We all know that that does not work in real life, okay? <laughs> this, 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 the fact that he says 20 years ago, we know that this is a joke, right? Because <laughs> no relationship is going to last 20 years without some form of communication about love, right? And so God is the same in his relationship with us. He wants there to be communication. So communication has a couple of words in it. It has the word common in it, which means that it is, it is relevant to both of us at least, right? And it has the word community in it. That means that there has to be more than one talking. <laughs> well, there has to be something more happening than just a monologue, right? Communication is what God desires in, our, in, our, in a relationship with us. Matthew 4, 4 says this. Jesus is talking to the devil here, but he reveals a principle that man shall not live by his physical sustenance only, but by the words that come from the mouth of God. Literally hearing God's voice is life to us. It, it, it infuses us with life. It brings us faith and it brings us hope. And those elements, it communicates this love to us, are the most essential things, the most important things that will remain forever. Right? And, and, and so we, we got we to gotta make sure that we hear God's word and hear it correctly so that our faith in him can be strong, so that our relationship with him can be strong. And that means that when our relationship with God becomes strong, we are also able to to transfer that relationship beyond ourselves, to help other people see what it is like to have a relationship with God. That is influence. That is telling people how you are with God. That's testifying. That's just basically explaining what you're experiencing in your relationship with God. The Bible calls that to be a witness. In other words, you're relaying your experience. But if you never have experience with God, it's difficult to have something to say. And so many of us want to ask ourselves like, well, I don't know how to testify. My question first and foremost is, do you know God? Have you experienced God? Have you have built, started building a relationship with Him? Because if you have, then that's what you have to say. That's what you talk about. It doesn't have to be theological principles and debates and blah, blah, blah. No, you're just relaying your experience. You're telling people how he took you out of trouble, how he helped you out of sin. He helped you break through. That's all your experience that you're just relaying. It's being a witness. But in your relationship with God, as you're building more and more greater experience with him, you learn to, you find yourself having more to say, having more to share with people, having more to encourage others with in their journey to maybe discovering God even. Or just growing in a relationship with him on their own as well. God says to us that his word is powerful. And then his word will have its effect in our lives. His word gets sent out first in Jesus Christ. And and the Bible says, this is a, 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 a prophecy from the book of Isaiah that talks about the word of God that came to 
um, achieve a t- particular purpose, right? And we know that Jesus achieved his purpose. And this, this one verse here says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that, pu- that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The word of God, first in Jesus Christ, came and it achieved what he sent it for. Even this very prophecy achieved what it was sent out for in Jesus' death, you know, life, death, and resurrection. But that's the way the word of God works. It achieves its purpose. And it can achieve its purpose in your life as well. But there's a little caveat in the New Testament that says that it has to be mixed by faith. Your faith has to be added to the word of God for it to become relevant to your personal life. And that's why it's so important for us to receive the word of God as his communication to us and as his, and as his, um, his will for us, every single verse of it. Every single verse of it. So when it comes to God's speaking and God's voice, I make a couple of assumptions. And, and I find them to be scripturally um, uh, uh, supported. Okay, the, this is not a chapter and verse that you'll find anywhere, but I really do find that there is enough scriptural support for these assumptions. The first one is, and it's quite contrary to what some people believe, is that God, ne- God is never quiet. God is never quiet. God is always speaking, and if we're not hearing him, the problem is not with him. The problem is with us. Like Ryan said earlier, are we actually expecting him to talk to us? Are we making time to just listen whether he is saying something to us? There are so many scriptures like the one I'm going to give you right now, which just tells me that, look, God is not in the business of ignoring God's not in the business of treating us with silent treatment. God is not in like, you know, like a rebellious teenager. No, God is not an adolescent that has attitude problems. Neither is God a manipulative parent that tries with silent treatment to make somebody know something that they did wrong or something. No, God is a mature father who says what he means to say and when he needs to say it. And so you can expect that God is talking. You can expect that he is communicating, that he's reaching out, that he wants to touch you, that he wants to uh, connect with you. In Psalm 120, it says, in my trouble, I cried to the Lord and he answered me. It's like straight up, he answered me. I can't tell you how many scripture verses there are of this kind of like word, this, this, this word, this type of wording. He inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him. It is like whenever human make the effort to reach out that boom God responds he, every single time and I, can't, I didn't count them but as I was preparing for this message I was astounded by how many times this kind of scripture verse exists I, 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 I called to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. It's every time. And he answered me and he answered me and he answered me. He will answer you. If you reach out, he will answer you. But then there's also this little caveat in scripture that says, if you draw near unto him, he will draw near unto you. It's like he's not imposing himself on you. He's not like the guy who comes and knocks on your door, you know, and demands entry. You know, he knocks and if you don't enter... You know, he stays outside. He, he, he requires our invitation. It's just what it is. 
And so often we think that God is quiet, but did you invite him to talk to you? We're going to talk now in a second about how God speaks to us, which just again reemphasizes the fact that you never have to feel that God has gone quiet on you. Um, But I just don't believe that to be consistent with his nature. Rather, what I see in scripture is whenever people reach out, God answers. God answers. And then he affirms. He defines. And that's his heart. That's what he wants to do. I believe it's more like a radio frequency that we're not tuned into, right? It's like, if you don't tune into, um, what's your favorite radio station? K-Love, K-A-J-N, what's, 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 what else, Air One? You have to tune into it. And, and, and sometimes we're just on the wrong station. You know, have you ever heard, that guy's just on, he's on his own station. <laughs> and you just might be hearing static. <laughs> it's like, I don't hear the Lord. <laughs> It's time to start tuning. It's time to do something different, to tune in because the Holy Spirit is always transmitting. Just get onto His frequency. Now, I believe God speaks to us. God has revealed us, Himself to us in, in two, like theologians talk about two big ways. One is general revelation and one is His special revelation. And things that fall into general revelation is things like our conscience, that automatically people, no matter where you are, you kind of know that there's a code that you should be living by. It's, in, it's intrinsic to humanity to want to need to have a code to, according to which they live. And so God says, um, that is my general revelation. So people want to understand what is right and what is wrong and how ought I to order my life according to that. And then things like nature, nature that speaks of the fact that, hey, this came from something. How did this all just come to be? This wasn't some random uh, occurrence. There is too much complexity. There's too much design. There's just too much coincidences for us to think to think about this. Almost sound German there for a second. <laughs> You've heard that, that German joke, right? I just have to do it now. I, you know I have to do it right now. It's the German Coast Guard, right? So it gets this American ship, SOS. We're sinking, we're sinking. And the Coast Guard German guy goes, uh, what are you sinking about? Um, but... <laughs> Now, if you're German of German origin or heritage or whatnot, I, I, I repent. I'm sorry. Where was I? I was <laughs> um, oh, man, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, general revelation, right? So the nature makes us see that there has to be a designer. You know, there's, there's, there's a couple of things Charles Darwin said that his theory would break down on. The first one was that if the fossil record ends up not affirming the fact that there are intermediary species. All right, we've done that, been there. There is no intermediary species. All you see are complete species in the fossil record. There's no froggy, 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 froggy fish, and then froggy, froggy fish, and fishy, fishy, fishy frogs. No, they're just fish and they're frogs. And, and that's basically one of the biggest things against his theory that he himself admitted would be a, would be a problem. The second thing was that if there is found to be complexity in rudimentary cells back in his day he didn't have the power to see deep enough and small enough into the cell to see the complexity that exists within those things and so all they were assumed to be was little blobs 
simple blobs. No, they're not. They're actually every single cell, even in, 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 in single cell organisms, they find every cell contains communication systems, transportation systems, protection systems, uh, uh, governing systems, rules. It's incredible how complex nature is at the r- most rudimentary level. And Charles Darwin said, my theory will break down if there is complexity found. Well, we found it. The, there is so, so much right now in science going on. I'm so excited about it. If you're a science geek, I'm not, but I tend to you know, sometimes geek out science, science-wise. Um, there's just so many exciting things being found right now in the form of design. Uh, and, and there's these guys called the design theorists that, 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 that postulate that because we can see design in, in, in nature, that there has to be a designer. And so nature is that general revelation that talks about the the creator, the origin, the originator of whatever it is that we're seeing. And so the other way God reveals himself to us is in special revelation. And the word of God is one of those things that are a special revelation from God to us. Jesus himself was a special revelation to us. Um, He himself spoke about the character, the nature, the will of God. And um, that is... Special revelation is often needed to, to help us become, it's not often, it's needed to help us to understand the will of God regarding his, um, he, um, how to step into relationship with him. Like nature don't tell you that you have to be born again, right? It just tells you that there's a creator. But the special creation tells you that now you need to bow your knee and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. And so you're going to need both of these revelations of God. Now within the special revelation of God, there is the Holy Spirit who the Bible said his purpose was to bring and to come and to guide us into all the truth, to guide us into all the truth. And so God speaks to us in the special revelation category, he speaks to us in three things. The first is his word, right? And so we've covered this extensively, but I will just um, say Proverbs 4, 20 uh, and 21 and 22 for us. Listen Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. I love this. I love this. The Bible literally brings us life. But it requires us to put it in there. So I just want to say this. If you're not reading God's word, you won't be hearing his voice. Okay? (laughs) So if you want to know how to... Hear God's voice, you have to get into his word. Okay, we've said that too many times. The second way God speaks to us in his special revelation part is he speaks to us through his people. He speaks to us through Christians, other Christians, whether they lead us or not. In fact, I often try to remind our family here that this church isn't built around the the pastor. It's not built around me. It's not built around an individual. It's not built around a personality. It's not built around a charisma. It's built around the word of God as it it finds life in the people of God. And so as a part of of, of understanding how that operates, you have to be in a group of men, a group of women, a mixed group where you discuss the word of God together and find out how do we practically live this out. You just have to. You have to be a part of a discipleship environment where you can co-share the word of God together. Like it's saying here in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an, inter- or an interpretation. And let all things be done for building up. Each one. 
That's why this setting here is never enough for a body to become strong. Never enough. We need the place where you can learn how to express what you've heard the Bible say to you. You need a place where you can learn if, okay, this is my opinion. And then here, some feedback on your opinion, whether that opinion lines up with Scripture. I, look, if, 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 if you've not changed your opinion about anything ever in life, you're in some dangerous ground. Because for sure, no one here knew all of the principles of Scripture as it relates to every part of life straight from birth. We all have to go through processes of changing of our opinions and changing the things we say, that are the declarations that we make. You know, the, 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 the quirky sayings that we do. We have, to, we have to make sure, is this even representative of the nature of Christ? Why am I saying this? Is this building up or is this breaking down? Or is this just useless and it's just making my mind go numb because it's causing me to believe things that aren't at all God's will for my life? Each of us need to come together and share the word of God with one another. Because that's how God speaks to us. Sometimes you don't understand my, Af- my South Africanness, you know, my, my accent. And you just need an American to explain this to you. Come to our life groups, okay? That's where we decode what happens on a Sunday. I'm so glad you understand, because that would just be wrong. You come from there too. So I'm just going to say this. If you're not connecting into spiritual family, you won't hear God's word. You won't hear God's voice as you should be hearing it. You just won't. You know what? It's, it's, it's fine to hear the truth. And I, I'm not one of those guys that believe that, you know, you can't speak into a matter if you have never experienced that thing. Like I can't guide somebody in marriage that, you know, before went through uh, if somebody went through a divorce, no, you can't guide me now in my new marriage because you have not gone through a divorce yourself. No, that's, that's baloney. The word of God, the truth of God is sufficient. It's, it's powerful. It can speak into every situation. And in fact, you should be listening to the one whose marriage has lasted rather than the one whose marriage broke, right? So I'm just, I'm, 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 this is not a judgment on anybody. This is just a correcting thinking that we don't have to have gone through everything that everybody else has gone through to be able to speak into their lives. If we know the truth of scripture, we can help. You can help. But that said, sometimes I just need to hear what the truth is that the other guy said, echoed by somebody who went through what I went through. Sometimes we just need that. Now I sound like a real African preacher. That's how sound systems in South Africa sound like, man. Come on. I'm preaching this thing to the point of distortion. (laughs) Sometimes we just need that from somebody that I know knows what I went through emotionally. And that's why you are needed. The body is needed. It's not enough for the talking head to say it. The body needs to echo it. So I can't emphasize this more. God speaks through his people to us. And sometimes we think, you know, no, that guy does not have the degree. I know, I know, but, but, but he might have the word of God for you for right now. So don't despise what you can get, what you can be shared for. And therefore, don't despise what you have to share. 
Don't look down on it. If you've found something in scripture of value, it's meant to be shared. It's not meant to be hogged and kept for yourself. Be in a place where you have easy access to, to share that with other people so that people may benefit and hear the voice of the Lord. We all may hear the voice of the Lord more accurately and more regularly. The third one, and I want to, I want to kind of conclude with this, is going to be the last section of today's um, talk, um, is, is, is His Spirit. He talks to us through His Spirit. And each and every one of you who are in Christ, who have accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior, has a Spirit of God residing on the inside of you. And the Bible declares of you in John 10, 27, that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So I want to I want to take this hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in your spirit man. I want to I want to take time to just unpack that a little bit because I think that the body of the charismatic body of Christ have, have become real fluffy in that. And I, I want to base it for us today in scripture so that you can have confidence in your journey of discerning whether this was the Holy Spirit speaking to me or whether this was just, you know, Last night's too much of whatever, and now I'm, 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 I'm finding it hard to keep my thoughts straight. I believe we're all very sincere in trying to discern the voice of God. But if we don't base it correctly, we might find ourselves going into error and, you know, dressing it up with spiritualness, not true spirituality, and, and, then, and then do stupid things that God would never have told us to do. But God speaks to us through his spirit. As the Bible says, you know, deep cries unto deep. It's like the the spirit of God communicates with my spirit man and echoes the truths of God's word to me in moments when I need it, but also just in general to communicate, to affirm, and just just to let me know how God feels about me. But the same happens for you. If you're a child of God, you're, in his, you're a sheep of his pasture. And the Bible says of you that you do hear his voice. So I'm contending that you do hear his voice. You might just not know that you are hearing it. And, and, and your discerning needs to increase and grow and develop so that you can recognize the moment you, when you hear him speak, it as him being, being speaking to you, not just you thinking things. But I want to make sure that we understand that, you know, this verse, John 10, 27, has, has a couple of things in it that we need to take note of. First and foremost is that Jesus says, I know them. Jesus says, I know them. So people are often religious, right? And they know about God. My question is, does Jesus know you? You ask, how do I know if Jesus knows me? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not just with mental assent, but by submitting your life to his leadership? Have you decided to follow him? Or are you just doing this because it's the right thing to do? You just do this because tradition dictates this is how we do it in the South. Just because you're religious doesn't mean you're born again. And each of us have to ask ourselves that question. Have I been born again? In other words, have I done what the scripture have told me I need to do in order to be born again? Have I bowed my knee and accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior? 
And have I decided that my life will follow him? Because that's the next thing it says here. And they follow me. If you're not following Jesus, what are you doing? Claiming to be a Christian yet not following Jesus. That's extremely confusing, guys. And it's not my position to tell you that you're not born again. But I want to tell you that the Bible is clear that his sheep knows his voice and they follow him. And so figure out in your life where you stand, what it is that you're doing. Stop the religious show and get on with the relationship with Jesus. Step into a walk with him. Stop following your own ideas like the Bible says, but know him in everything that you do. In other words, find out what it is that he would like you to do and then do that. Instead of just following this religious show. Our church is not into religious shows. If you want religion, don't come here. We're trying to follow Christ. That's what we're trying to do. Which means that our Monday to Saturday is in pursuit of the same things that our pursuit is for on a Sunday. We're trying to make sense of our reality in light of God's word. And how do we live it out there in the world where it needs to be lived out? Where salt is needed to preserve. That's where we need to be living these things out. This is the pursuit of our church. And so if you're not going to actually want to obey God's voice... What, 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 what is this about? <laughs> okay, so a little bit of a challenge there today, but, but it's for each and every one of us to understand. And if you're here and you're seeking, please don't be offended what I say. All I'm trying to say to you is that, hey, there is more to this than just a religious activity. There is an actual authentic connection with our Savior and our Lord that makes sense to us that have changed our insights to the point where we don't do this because we have to. We do this because we love to do this. And we live it out there in a way that shows other people our love for Christ, not because we have to, but because we love to do it and because we've changed so much that now we love those people out there who don't know Jesus yet to the point where we want to share with them how to get into a love relationship with Jesus themselves. It comes from a heart of desire, not duty. And you can have that too. So fundamental to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is that we understand the Holy Spirit's voice to be Christ-centered. It's always about Jesus. It's always glorifying Christ. And it's always um, elevating what Christ came to do, came to achieve. And then the agenda of Christ's kingdom is always center to God's communication to us. Because Within that lies, one, our salvation, but secondly, also our victory over everything that we might be struggling with. But it's, it's important for us to understand that it's not about what we want. God's communication to us is about what He wants. And the more our desire comes in line with His desire, the more we find ourselves in that grace in that providence, in that provision, in that favor that just doesn't make sense, that just breaks things open for us. But it's because we've aligned to him and what he's doing, not because suddenly he's coming and okay, now agreeing to what we want and, 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 and starting to answer our, our prayers. It's about his agenda for your life. Um, 
But we know that the Bible says that as we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, the things we need also get added unto us. It's just because of his grace, just because of his goodness. So you know, sometimes we go, Lord, I ain't following until you tell me what I want to hear. And then I, I believe he goes, all right, well, I hope you're comfy with where we're at because we ain't moving until you're ready to obey me. Um, and then we'll talk about everything you want to talk about. God wants obedience first. Um, and then he, he, he steps in and, and, and all the other things becomes relevant. There's this incredible tale uh, in the Bible, not a tale, it's a true account of Saul's life where he disobeyed God. And Samuel, the prophet's final conclusion to Saul is like, look, the Lord delights more in your obedience than he delights in your sacrifice. Some of you may have thought coming here this morning is going to be a good sacrifice that you do for the Lord. I'm sorry, it doesn't count. <laughs> if you're doing it from that heart, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't, you know, tickle God's fancy. God is impressed by your faith and your obedience, not your sacrifice. And that will lead to your having a relationship, you submitting and bowing your knee to him and finding out what this thing is that we're so excited about and why we're so excited about it. Okay, let me read this verse to you and then I'm going to get into um, a couple of the things, the hows of how God speaks to us through his spirit. John 16, 13. And remember, I'm saying, I want to base this in Scripture. How do we discern whether what I'm hearing in my mind, in my heart, what I'm hearing, whether that is the Holy Spirit speaking to me? John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. And then it says that He will glorify me, for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will glorify me. Take what is mine and declare it to you. Let me tell you, anybody who tells you that Jesus has not come in the flesh, Jesus was not 100% man, 100% God, did not come as a man lived and died a death that we should have lived and was raised from the dead. Anything different from that is not the Spirit of God talking to you. I don't care how charismatic and how big their church is. This is how you base what you hear. Is it glorifying Jesus Christ? And does it echo the truth of Scripture? If it does not, you reject it. Because I've, I've, I've heard people say, no, no, I have, and I'm going to come to this in a second. No, I have peace in my heart about this. I need to do this. What are you going to do? No, I want to divorce my husband. No, you're not. That was not the Holy Spirit. Or if you do it, know that you're rebelling against God. You are not following the voice of the Holy Spirit. You are following your own desires that you have dressed up with something that looks and makes it sound a little bit more holy to ease your conscience. The Holy Spirit will not contradict Scripture. Now, caveat, all right, if there's abuse and there is unrepentant uh, um, unfaithfulness, it's a different story. We can talk about that another day, but I'm just putting it out there. The Spirit's voice will never contradict Scripture. He will always glorify Christ's word. Christ and the Word of God. Um, and I just want to say this. It is important that we realize that the written Word of God is just as alive as the Word I receive in my heart through the Holy Spirit's interaction. We can never, never, never make the spiritual encounter I have with the voice of the Lord to be of a higher weight, priority, value 
than the physical word that I have there, maybe leather bound or hardback or sloppy back. Those words are life to you if you will put it into your heart and if you will mix it with faith. All right, so we're almost done. Listen to this verse in, in, in 1 Kings verse 19. So the Lord said to, um, I think it was Elijah, so go stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord um, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But listen to this, the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And all of a sudden he knew he was in the presence of God. Has the, has the Lord shown up in wind before? Yes. In earthquake before? Yes. In fire before? Yes. Can he do it again? Yes. Was it at that particular moment where he was? No. And so what I want to say about that is that you can't make this a formula. Okay. It's not going to be the same every single time. And you have to remain discerning as to what you're hearing, whether that is from the Lord or not. And so every time you hear something from the Lord, don't become lazy. You have to go through the steps that I'm going to give you in a second to make sure that you're discerning this is the word of the Lord. Because sometimes he is in the fire, but sometimes he's in the whisper. And it's, and it's important for us to therefore know that, hey, you know, I'm not just going to, yeah, yeah, maybe I can fluke it, you know, every now and then and get it right. But if you want to be consistently hearing his voice, it's going to require intentionality. It's going to require you to press in and learn to discern how to hear his voice. If you demand, for instance, that he be in the wind, you, you might stop listening when the wind, when the wind dies down. And then, and then the, the whisper behind you might feel like a mosquito that you, know, you just want to, and then you start rebuking the devil, but it's actually God trying to get your attention. Because you're demanding he speaks to you in the way that you, about what you want to hear. So I want to, I want to, I want to give you a small example of how we heard the, the Lord before coming here. Because um, various one of these things happens. God speaks to us through, through sometimes through a desire. Sometimes God drops a desire in your heart. Man, I want to, I want to go on a mission. Or man, I want to, I want to help that person. Or man, I want to. Um, uh, sometimes it's an idea that comes to your mind. Sometimes it's a, like a business idea, or, or it's just an idea of something that you want to do. And so often when we hear that, we think, okay, I need to go and talk to that guy to do it because he's the guy who's the successful businessman or whatever, you know. Well, maybe, maybe. But why not you? It's not always the other person that needs to respond to what you're hearing. More often, it's actually you that needs to respond to what you're hearing. And so sometimes God speaks to us through images or visions. We see something or we, you know, you, you, you imagine something and you just know that this is important. I need to hold on to this. Sometimes God can speak to us in music when, we, when he moves us and he, and he reminds us of something that, you know, an emotion or, a, or, a, or an experience that we've gone through and, and he wants to speak into that. God can speak to us in dreams and God can also speak to us in that still voice, like Isaiah 30 that says, 
when you, you, your, your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or to the left. Often we hear that still voice when we're actually going off the necessary path that God wants us to be on, right? So let me, let me explain this to you, how this kind of happened to us. So before we came here, right, we had no dream to live in America, no desire to be, um, to be here. Now, of course, God could have given us the desire and, and then worked on that further, but this is my testimony. This is my witness of what, how, how it happened to me. We had no desire to be here. Uh, we, all thought, we always thought Americans are just, you know, cocky, arrogant, you know, people that think the whole world re- revolves around them. And so, you know... Seemingly, they've got it covered, so, you know, okay, may it be unto you according to your actions and your faith, you know. So we were kind of like a little blasé about America. Um, but, then, but then, we went into a period of transition, trying to discern from the Lord what it is that he, we knew from just from, from understanding where we were at in our, um, in our lives, etc. We had a desire to step into a different season of ministry. We wanted to step into church planting and started to build a church that, um, you know, that, that reflected what we believed and, 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 um, and was something that our kids could, could, could be a part of and could minister with us in. And um, We wanted our family to be able to be involved in our ministry. And I wanted my wife to be able to be involved in the ministry. And so we had this desire. So we were trying to figure out how and where do we do this? Because we knew from previous um, uh, prophetic words that we have received that you know, God has called us to that. And uh, so in the moment, we were trying to discern how it was going to work out. Well, then, um, I was speaking to one of my, my mentors, um, and he, he said to me, look, don't you want to talk to Pastor Baba? And of course, we've been knowing Pastor Baba at that time for about a decade, and I knew where Pastor Baba was from, right? So I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to talk to Pastor Baba <laughs> about anything, um, <laughs> But it kind of kept nagging at me. Maybe you should talk to Pastor Bubba. Maybe you should talk to Pastor Bubba. And uh, so we were, we were starting to speak to people about plans that we had, things that we wanted to do, but we were getting like no joy on any of those things. And in fact, everywhere we went with our plans, conflict ensued. And so we, oh goodness, this can't be right. You know, this can't be, this can't be it. And so why, why is there so much resistance to everything that we're trying to achieve here? Um, and eventually... I was like, all right, I'm going to have a conversation with Pastor Bubba. Just hear what he has to say. In that conversation that we had with Pastor Bubba, we were like, my goodness, this sounds a lot like what we felt we needed to get involved in 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 the next season of our lives. And so that kind of like tickled our attention. And all of a sudden we were like, well, maybe we, maybe we should explore this a little further, right? And so we did. We started asking questions. So we started, you know, um, making some inquiries about things. And um, at the end of the day, um, we realized that it's probably something that we have to seriously take to prayer. So what we did was we went, and um, the reason why all the parents, why I told you all to make note of the words that were prayed here this morning, we've made, a, we've made a practice of writing down when people pray prophetically over us, writing things down, even recording. 
when people give us prophetic words. And so I have a reel of about 40 minutes of prophetic words that people have prayed over us for the last, you know, the last 10, 15 years. And, and so we, my wife and I pulled that out and we started listening to it. And it was incredible how after having spoken to Pastor Bubba and becoming excited about the possibility that this might be what God wants us to do, all of a sudden we heard things in our prophetic words that we've never heard before. Not that it wasn't said, but that we didn't understand what it meant at the time. And as we were going into this season and we were considering this new thing, all of a sudden we felt we heard that God has been actually preparing us for this. He has been speaking into this season change for a couple of years, and now it's time for us to respond on that. It was incredible. And so we were like, Lord, if this, if this is you speaking to us, we would love to respond and we would say yes to wherever you call us to go to, even if it means uprooting everything and moving to a different continent and hemisphere. But would you, would you mind confirming this for us a little? Because <laughs> this is a big move, right? So we didn't want to just act out of um, our own understanding. And so we truly sought God's heart. Well, over the next couple of weeks, three different uh, of our friends had dreams about us. And they came to us, significant dreams that they felt that they just had to share with us because it was so vivid and it felt, they felt that it was God speaking to them about us. And they, one texted us, the two others, they shared with us the, the words that, they, um, that, they, uh, that you know, they felt that they needed to explain and describe to us. And each one of those dreams, these people knew nothing about our transition and our, what, 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 what process we were in, absolutely nothing. Confirmed what we were, that you know, the decision to go come to America was what God wanted us to do. Confirmed that to such detail and such almost like, Almost like hysterical precision. Like, you know, somebody was, was in their dream. They were walking with Esther, and Esther was, um, what was it again? She was referring to our church. And then um, Esther told her, no, 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 this is not our church. And then she said, let me take you to our church. And they walked past our previous church. And they came to the church, the new church that we were a part of, 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 of in, in the dream. You know? And let me tell you, for somebody to say that of us in that part of our lives, being a part of that movement that we were a part of, for, for us, it would almost have been, if, if we weren't in the process of asking God to confirm a move, we would have thought that that person was drunk. That would have been almost like blasphemy to us to indicate that we are not a part of the church that we're a part of right now. We loved our church. We still love our church <laughs> there. We're still a part of it in relationship, you know. Um, no love lost. But so, so for that person to share that with us was for us a complete confirmation that God was shifting us. He was moving us. So I share that to give you a personal experience of how you discern the word of God. We involved other people as we prayed, you know? And so the test that you need to do to, to, to discern whether it's God, often people just go with, no, it's peace. I got peace about this. Let me tell you something about the peace of God. 
We were scared to the bone to make this move to come here. It was not an easy thing. You have no idea how difficult it is to come into this country legally. That was a joke. Okay. I'm serious. It took miracle upon miracle upon miracle. Come have dinner and we'll tell you all about it one day. But the bottom line is, did we have peace? Yes, we had peace. But were we scared about what was about to happen? Absolutely. Were we in discomfort? Absolutely. Did we have more questions than we had answers? Absolutely. What is the peace that guides confirmation of God's word. It's not making you feel comfortable peace. It's not getting you out of a tight spot peace. It's not making things that you don't want to do not necessary to do anymore because you actually want to disobey God. It's not that kind of peace. It's a peace that does not make sense because in all reality you should be freaking out but you've rested in the results that you believe God is going to produce through your obedience not through you getting an out so don't go quoting the peace of God if all you're getting is an out the peace of God is often in the midst of extreme turmoil that's when you know that you're walking in or you're discerning the voice of the Lord guiding you uh, 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 instructing you how to do and what to do because you have peace you have the confidence that it is him guiding you in the midst of the trouble in the midst of the discomfort and and and, and the challenge that is in front of you so coming to my second assumption of the voice of god is that it's not condemning it's confirming if you are in Christ Jesus, the word of God, the voice of God does not condemn you. It affirms you. Even in correction, it is affirming. Listen to Hebrews 12 verse 8. If you are left without discipline, in which all of you have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. What does that mean? The inverse for us today. If you're being disciplined, God's saying, you're my daughter. You're my son. I love you. And that's why I'm directing. That's why I'm correcting. Even in correction, it is affirming. He's not saying, you useless thing. He's saying, no, 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 my son, we're not like that. Come over here. Let me show you what we're like. You and I, because you're like me. And I'm, you're like me, and, and, and you, I'm in you, and you are now in me. It's affirming. It's not condemning. It's not sin-based. It's identity-based. So many of us think the Holy Spirit is talking to us, but it's actually the devil. Because if you're constantly being reminded of your sin, it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit voice reminds you more of who you have become in Christ. In other words, the fact that you've become holy and no longer, you no longer are what you were and therefore have lost your desire for, for those things. This is, who, this is the voice of the Holy Spirit, affirming, defining, uplifting, confirming His identity in you. And that's how we are set free from those things. Because when that voice comes to me and says to me, you're a son of God, and you don't want to do this, I go, yes, I am a son of God. And therefore, I don't want to do this. I want to honor my king. I want to honor my father. Because I am like him. I am not like what I used to be. 
So those two assumptions, God is always speaking and his voice is not condemning, are foundational to us hearing and correctly discerning his voice. So what can I do in conclusion to, um, to hear God's voice better? This is going to go real fast. First thing, you need to, first thing, you need to expect him to talk back. <laughs> you need to have an expectation that he's going to talk back. Remember, prayer is a dialogue, not a recital. <laughs> when we expect him to talk about it, for him to talk about, it actually results in us waiting a little bit. You say what you want to say, and then you go, right, let me wait. Let me hear. And, and knowing that God is eager to talk back to us, we're not called, he answered, makes me expect, makes me, makes me able to then go and say, okay, good Lord, what are you saying to me? Listen to this one. Isaiah 65 verse 24 says, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. I think that just speaks so beautifully about God's intention, God's you know, passion to communicate with us. Now on the 8th, we're launching our 21 days of prayer to start our school year. So I want to invite every one of you, this is an excellent opportunity to get into listening, to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. When we do, when we start our launch, uh, when we launch our, our prayer day, there's going to be a theme, there's going to be a topic for the week, a specific thing that we're going to pray over every day. And I want you to take some time to pray and to listen because God wants to speak to you. The second thing that is a part of expecting Him is that we will make regular time for reading and listening. If you're expecting Him to speak, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make time for that. It's going to be more intentional. It's not going to be uh, haphazard. There's a difference between slapdash and creative, by the way. Okay? Creative doesn't have to be regimented, but it still has to be regular. And then the second big thing, resolve to do what you hear him say. Resolve to do what you hear him say. Jeremiah 7, 23, but this is a command I give them, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the way that I command you that it may be well with you. Obey my voice. And I will be your God and you will be my people. And that closeness, that intimacy, that, that affinity between us and God comes from us obeying when we hear His voice. How do I obey His voice well? Two, two, two very, 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 very small things. First, write down what you feel God is saying to you. Some call it journal. I like to call it document. Because journal sounds too ladylike for me. So I document the things I hear God say, right? But if you want to do it, it's fine, you know? It takes all kinds to make cool. I'm just saying, just write it down, okay? <clears throat> Why? Because when you write it down, every life coach, executive coach, personal coach, whatever coach, mentor, dude, if, they, if they've told you anything in their, in their work with you, they've told you this, make, write down your goals and make them into actionable steps, Write them down because writing crystallizes your thought and sustained thought leads to action. Sustained thought. You know, it's not just thinking this the one day and that the other way. No, same thinking, same thought day after day. And it's only happening if you've written down. Write down what you feel God is saying to you. It helps you in two ways. It helps you to sustain your thinking in that direction, but it also helps you to actually remember to test what you've heard. If you've written it down, you can go and say, 
Where does the Bible say this? Can I find this that I've heard here? Can I find a principle or a, or a precept about this in Scripture that affirms that this is the Holy Spirit saying to me? I can go to a friend and go, this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me. Does this resonate in your spirit? Is this something you feel God would say to a person? And that person can say, hey, yeah, let's, let's, let's consider that. What did you write? Oh, I wrote this, 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 this. Okay, good. Well, maybe, and, and there can be a, a little time to filter this through the Word of God, through the people of God. You see, because you want to always do that. You want to always test it. Take it through that little system of yours. And then sometimes you just need to let a little bit of time go by. It's different from disobedience. Get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's not trying to get out. It's trying to make sure you're discerning correctly. Sometimes we get a fleeting thought and it's not the Holy Spirit, but it sounds good. All right. And sometimes you just need to let that thing rest a little especially when it's an idea that it's about you. Now, when God talks to you about speaking to somebody else, it's probably not a dumb idea, okay? Because <laughs> the harvesters are few and God is eager to get us to get out there and talk to people. But when it is maybe, you know, buying a new house or moving to a different, whatever, taking on a new job or things like that, that, that you are purely doing that for you, which it's not always wrong, okay? We're allowed to, to advance, to improve ourselves. To God likes it when we prosper. But the bottom line is, when, when you're trying to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and you feel that it's Him saying to you, yes, do this, it's a good time to just let that rest a little bit and see if it remains after a couple of weeks. And then go ahead and go and do it. Make sure that it stands the test of the Word, people, and time. And there you have it. That's how you discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. Base it in the Scriptures. Make sure you don't contradict anything that He has said before. Understand that He speaks. That He's confirming. He's affirming, not condemning. It's not sin-based. He's not talking about your sin the whole time. He's talking to you about your future and the things and the destiny that's on your life. Things that He wants to achieve through in and through you. And when you hear it, ex- expect that it is Him speaking. Test it by writing it down so that you can make sure that it lines up with His Word. Let's all stand. Once again, we're going to get an opportunity to practice this as in two weeks we're launching our prayer and fast um, time. But try get into the Word yourself this week. Make a regular time during the day. We spend 15, 20 minutes just reading, praying, and listening. You can imagine how your relationship with God will grow if you will do that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for leading and guiding us through so many amazing things. Your word, Father, that is just able to teach us and guide us, correct us and affirm us, Lord. Thank you that you've given us your son who have modeled to us who you are and how you think and and what your nature is like and what your will is. And Father, thank you that you've given us your spirit that still speaks to us and still guides us, Lord God. Help us, Father, to be serious about listening to your voice because we know that as we do that, our relationship with you will grow closer and our obedience to you will be more accurate and we can glorify you more. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.